Hello and welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. I am Jamie Finch-Penninger and I am very lucky to be joined this week by Marcus Cooley, newly of St George Continental Cycling and Louisa Lobigs of Holden Women's Cycling. Um, g'day to you both. G'day, Jamie. Jamie. Yeah, good to be back. Well, I think we'll start first with you, Marcus. Um, amazing news today. You've, you've signed with St George Continental and we've been lucky enough to get you on as this breaking news is coming out. Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of come out in the last day or two. Um, sort of uh, had an opportunity to do some uh, international racing in the Asian Tour. So I've, I've definitely jumped on it. I'm pretty excited. We're going to be um, heading to uh, all across Asia. Starting off with wonderful Indonesia in about um, just over a month's time. So what, what will your first race be in St. George Carlos? Uh, well, my first race in it will be this in the coming few days at Oceanas. Um, so tomorrow the time trial, Saturday with the road race. Uh, first international race will be the Tour of Lombok. You've obviously got a number of good results in local racing recently, Marcus. I mean, what's the, what's the process of people approaching you and, and saying, yeah, look, you're ready to take the step up to continental level racing now? Um, in, this, in this case, I've, uh, I've I suppose been uh, talking... I suppose I first talked to him as toward towards the end of last year when uh where the news came through from uh Swiss Wellness who I was riding with last year that they uh, probably wouldn't be or they wouldn't be around and they would be merging to form ISOA Sports. Um, so they were sort of reluctant to take on a big roster, I believe at the time because they you know it's quite up in the air whether you get a lot of race starts in some of these Asian tours. So once they locked in a few, I think um yeah they came back with a. Uh, yeah, some the need for a few more riders. So I, I guess um, they decided I would be uh, suitable to to fulfil one of those spots, which was uh, really good news for for me. Yeah, well, you've certainly been in hot form, and you deserve the deserve the call up to a bigger team. So good on you, Marcus. Um, Louisa, you know the the joy of being picked for a team. I mean, you got the Amy Gillett Foundation scholarship last year. I mean that. That that um, it offers a sort of catharsis, doesn't it? Um, that sort of thing in cycling, getting picked for a team and being told that you're good enough to a spot um, for a spot in you know elite competition, which probably doesn't happen too much in other jobs. Yeah, it's like an awesome opportunity, and congratulations, Marcus. That's really exciting news for you this year. I think it's good. Um, yeah, just an opportunity to take that as a springboard and move on to bigger and better things. So definitely an exciting yeah, time. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks for the encouragement. I'm definitely looking forward to getting in, getting into some racing. And uh, Louisa, yeah, um, obviously the last time we caught up with you was at the Tour of East Gippsland where you took out the win there. Um, how's, how's things been going since? Yeah, it's been pretty good, just training and studying, so not much not much new. But, yeah, looking forward to racing Oceanas tomorrow with the time trial and road race. It's, it's going to be a pretty tough time trial course tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And... It's interesting here on the podcast, we have our own exciting announcement. Uh, we're working with our first sponsor and we have invited Orr on board. That is out of the rat race um, cycling apparel and um, they're a very, very interesting brand. Um, after a long time of refining their manufacturing process, they came up with a range of top end cycling apparel that um, utilizes mostly environmentally sustainable uh, recycled materials as part of their um, process. They use coffee grounds as part of the ore process. It helps with odour control and allows the fabric to dry faster with a higher UV resistance than most other comparable cycling brands. 
yeah, so it's all available for pre-purchase now on their site, which is double O double R dot com dot AU. And do yes. they sell coffee as well? Uh, no, they sell <laughs> on the cycling related products. I know you guys um, are all stocked up with your, you know, jerseys, bib shorts, what have you from, you know, your connections with teams, but um, maybe you can, maybe you can recommend it to your friends in the future. Yeah. I might grab some from the, from the father. Well, check it out. I was looking at um, some of the jerseys on offer and the panache range looks particularly good. So if you want to look schmick and, you know, cycle in comfort and um, whilst being ecologically sustainable, go check out or, okay. Um, We'll get into discussing the Oceania championships now. Okay, so we're back into discussing uh, the Oceania's uh, championships now. And yeah, it's uh, being held in Canberra this year, um, changed from Bendigo last year. And it looks like it's going to be quite um, interesting courses that it's held on over the week. Um, And I think we'll get into discussing them first. It's all around the kind of west side of Canberra there, around Stromlo and then heading out a bit further west towards the National Park out there. You guys have just both done a recon of the TT there. What were your initial impressions of that course? Yes, definitely a tough course. This is old training ground for me, so pretty familiar with these roads and they're dead country roads um, out near Tietmanbilla, which is a national or nature park where we start from. Um, Yeah, some decent rollers coming in, especially coming into the turnaround and coming out of it um, for the women's 25k time trial. It's quite a decent climb and yeah it's gonna if it's if the winds pick up coming into the finish could be a big hard slog yeah i mean it's it's an interesting one for the women i mean it comes at 25 kilometers as you mentioned um which is you know for for a time trial in at the national road series level it's quite a quite a decent clip isn't it i mean you're not you're not doing too many over that distance yeah i mean i mean i guess besides nationals is the only real opportunity we get in Australia to do a proper time trial. Um, so yeah, it's like always jump on that opportunity and get more practice, um, practice racing that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because there are a few opportunities. So to really put it as a big um, specific thing to train for is a bit hard to justify when we only get two chances over the year. And Marcus, um, it's over the same course for the men's, except that it goes out a bit further and then um, turns around and comes back and it's a total of 41 kilometres for the men, is it? Yeah, 41. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be right. I had every intention of going out to recon it this afternoon, but ended up getting uh, way late at the, the coffee shop back in Sydney, so it didn't quite make it out in time. Oh, well, that, uh, well but... that's a pity. Um, maybe, Louisa, you can help Marcus out with his <laughs> recon there then. Yeah, it's not the most insightful uh, sort of the preview, so sorry about that. Uh, if anyone was wondering, it was a great coffee. <laughs> yeah. You might be able to supply ore with some coffee grounds there as well. Oh, How many, coffee. if you drank enough, yeah. <laughs> we were out with um, Reese Gillett this, this, at the, um, on our recon, and he said that the descent coming after the turnaround was pretty gnarly for um, you guys. So we've got quite a technical little descent around the, I guess it would be the 20K mark-ish. So, yeah, I can have fun with that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Yeah, perfect. I've still got a a burn mark on my leg from the national descent where I managed to touch the tyre. Hopefully I don't get the same same this time around. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, the men's course is essentially the same as the women's, except for that added on bit. And there's a little saddle there, which goes up towards the turnaround and then comes down. And well, from the sounds, from what we said, I mean, it's, it's quite steep from the sounds of things. So um, that probably doesn't matter to him so much, him being a very accomplished climber, but to the rest of people, it might take some, um, might take some sting out of the legs. Um, what, what, who do you think it suits that sort of course? there louisa um because it it does go up and down a bit all day is it hard to establish your rhythm on that course or? yeah i think it's definitely going to be um the person who can hold back enough but not too much i mean it's gonna it's definitely the type of course where you could blow up pretty easily if you went out too hard especially because it is it tends to be more downhill towards the turnaround so pacing is going to definitely be key um guess the girls field is pretty small this year but um one name that sticks out is lucy kennedy she obviously had an awesome awesome summer of racing so um she's definitely one rider to be looking out for tomorrow i was just looking at the start list and there's a number of impressive names on there i mean yourself among them you took the win down at two of east gippsland um albeit over a slightly different course and Obviously, names like Lucy Kennedy, Grace Brown, who was very good at East Gippsland as well. Lisa Hawkins making a return to cycling. Um, I hear she's raring to go. And Erin Keneally um, might be a bit too hilly for Erin, but um, a teammate of yours, and she's very strong. Yes, definitely. I mean, we've got a super strong team here. So, obviously, like, we'll be hoping to get at least one or two on the podium. <laughs> um, definitely. Um, it'll Lisa, I guess, just come back from an injury, so um, time will tell how she's going. But, I mean, she's always such a strong rider, so I'm sure she'll do really well tomorrow. And, yeah, Grace Grace is definitely one to look out for in the future, and she's a super strong chick. So it'll be exciting to see how she goes in her first time trial. There's no inside goss on Lisa and uh, how she's training. I know you've trained with her in the past. Um... <laughs> oh, I think, you know what, Lisa Lisa... Always trains hard, <laughs> so I'm sure I'm sure she'll come in with good form. Yeah, I, I don't think that's giving away too much. She's always <laughs> yeah. she's always very keen to ride, I've, and that's yeah. that's what I've gotten out of talking with her. She's she no matter what sort of riding it is, she's always keen. Whether it's um you know doing a charity ride or going out with Emma Pooley and smashing herself for 200 k's <laughs> or doing racing, I mean she's always equally um keen to go out and do some stuff. Uh, Marcus, men's TT, um, who are the names that sprung out for you there? I mean, obviously you're on the start list as well. You've, uh, I think there's 16, yeah. starters, 16 starters in total. Yeah, um, 16 in total. It's quite a strong field from looking at it. I suppose the, the first name you're going to look towards, number one, Sean Lake, defending champion. Um, I think uh, FTP training have been thrown around. Um, uh, well, they've been uh, t- talking him up quite a lot, talking about his power numbers recently. So they definitely think he's going going pretty well at the moment and then of course you got joe cooper as well so that's a, a pretty good sort of duo from iso sports as well as that i mean as we saw saying before i mean it's quite a hilly course so i'd expect a, a new teammate ben diebel to be uh be well one going well for for this course as well so um i've also heard that jason christie from new zealand has been uh going very well at the moment so he could be an outsider for the win or a podium and uh, I'd also be very interested to see Hamish Bond, the uh, New Zealand rower and Olympian. Uh, he's won a couple of gold medals, if I'm not mistaken, or at least one. So uh, he's sort of uh, started doing a lot more cycling at the moment as well. So 
he's uh, definitely one to keep an eye on for uh, a, a top a top finish, I think. Yeah, Jason Christie was second at the New Zealand Nationals this year, and I think Hamish Bond was fourth in the end. Um, and Neil van der Ploeg, friend of the podcast, who was on the last episode, actually um, did a, one of his video posts, and he mentioned Hamish Bond was a silver medalist in the in the Olympics, in Olympics rowing, and apparently there was a bit of a bust-up in the peloton afterwards because Hamish wasn't too happy to be calling a silver medalist when he's, in fact, got the gold around his neck in the past. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Obviously immensely strong, but maybe the, maybe the hills won't be quite so much to his liking. Um, Actually, speaking of Neil, he's he's only doing the time trial for the for the Oceanias, um, so that'll be interesting because he must really want to focus on that then rather than the road race, which is interesting. I mean, he's not one normally for the longer time trials, but it will be interesting to see how he goes there. And what about yourself, Marcus? Where do you see yourself um, coming in that sort of company? Uh, I'm not too sure, actually. I mean, um, I've, I've, it's only going to be my third time trial after starting off at nationals, so. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where I can fit in, but I'm hopefully I can slide in for a, for a top 10. But, um, yeah, I'm actually uh, not too sure where I'm sitting at the moment, but I'll, I'll be quite happy with sort of top eight, top 10, sort of, sort of I think. Yeah, I mean, you see some of those names there, and apart from, like, the World Tour guys who aren't here, th- this is, these are all the names from the Nationals in Australia and New Zealand who really made a splash there. So it's... it's a I think it's a more thing. sort of... There's more more strong riders, I think. It's um, if you take away the sort of the top few from the World Tour, being you know your sort of Rowan Dennis's, um, then uh, I think it's almost a, a stronger sort of start list. But um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, and we shall be awaiting that. That's on the Thursday or tomorrow, as we record. Then we get into the road races. Uh, first up, it will be the women on the Friday, uh, 120 kilometers. And it is three loops of the circuit there. Um, it looks to be quite a quite a tricky circuit, but not not so much in any one defining climb or anything like that. It's up and down most of the day, and there's a few climb, a few cat three, oh, wait, cat five climbs on there, which are which are technically classed as climbs on on that course. But it looks quite a tricky course. Um, Louisa, what was your impression of the profile? Yeah, so the Cotillary Yarra loop is pretty standard Canberra loop. <laughs> Everyone in Canberra knows it and loves it and or hates it. <laughs> um, so we'll be going up um, Mount McDonald and the Three Sisters. So Mount McDonald's a pretty steady climb, um, and the Three Sisters are um, can be pretty challenging, especially after a hundred, you know, over a hundred k's of racing. So it's definitely going to be, I think, a race of attrition. Um, I guess um, having the biggest team here we've we've got a, a good foot to stand on um we've got a lot a lot of strong riders so yeah i mean we're, we're hoping on um holding on to the oceania's jersey um obviously shannon had it last year so um we'll definitely be fighting to keep that jersey on on friday yeah it's an interesting one um as you mentioned you've got the real strength in numbers here and high five especially Specialized have turned out to a lesser extent, but High Five Specialized and Total Rush aren't really here in big numbers um, for this race. And really, it's Rock Salt from uh, the New Zealand uh, registered team, which are bringing the biggest um, threat in terms of numbers over to the race. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, be, I, Rock Salt's been getting stronger and stronger every year. So um, yeah, it'd be good to good to see them put out put in some good racing as well. And yeah, should. 
should be a good, pretty hard race. It's it's a tough course, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a hard race, no matter what, no matter how it's ridden. Yeah, but I mean, what 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 goes into the tactics then? Because you've got um, you've got very strong names on that list. I mean, obviously Lucy Kennedy um, is always a threat on any course which involves any any sort of climbing, um, and you know names like Lucy Bechtel, Justine Barrow, who could also be a threat on that sort of thing. Um, but you guys have got the numbers, so do you just want to send some people up on the break and then you know make everyone else spend energy when and you just utilize your numbers or? I don't. I don't necessarily want you to expose your tactics, but <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, when are you going to um, publish this podcast? <laughs> Can't be before the race. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, not not giving too much away. I mean, obviously, we love to race aggressively. That's pretty obvious from past NRS races. Um, so we will be racing aggressively. Yeah, putting people up the road. Um, but I think what's important is that we race as a team and have full confidence in. Um, in our teammates and just um, stick to the plan for the whole race because it's it's one of those races where you know you think it's you think it could be all over and you know things can come back together because it, it is a race of attrition so I guess the team will really just be have to be a tight unit and and really stay focused on on what our main goal is. And the finish there to that loop, um, is it something that a sprinter could make use of if they make it into that final split or is it a bit too hard for them to get up um, towards the finish there? I'm not, I haven't actually, to be honest, looked at the final stages yet. <laughs> is it finishing in Stromlo? Uh, or just after that. Up, up just after on You Can Bean Road. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think obviously after 120 k's of the hills that we're going to be doing i don't like a pure it's not a pure sprinter's race um but yeah definitely whoever has who has the rest like the um the most energy at the end for that that sprint i i wouldn't say it's a, a would be a sprinter's day <laughs> tomorrow at all or no i wouldn't have, yeah. i wouldn't have thought so either but maybe if they hang on over that thing then there's a few riders with a bit of a kick who can uh, survive that that said there aren't that many really fast riders on the on the start list i mean i suppose shannon mouse your own teammate would be the quickest there in a kick to the line Just... yeah definitely yeah i don't think i see any real sprinters on that list <laughs> i don't think it's that attractive for the sprinter that the cotillo loop <laughs> no <laughs> well, which is maybe what's kept a few riders away um yeah. just on to the under 23s briefly um who do you think is going to be a standout name there. I mean, obviously, Rock Salt's got a few names up there which um, could shake up the apple cart a bit. And you and yourself, you've got Jamie Gunning, who's obviously a classy, classy rider, and Jessica Pratt is probably probably going to be the favourite going into that race. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Jessica Pratt's a good little rider. Um, she definitely will be a threat for the under twenty threes. Um, I think Jamie's Jamie's been riding really well for us, and she. Um, unfortunately had a had was stuck in the small chain ring at nationals so wasn't really able to put out um put out a sprint at the end but um yeah she's definitely definitely going well at the moment who else is um i think ella Bors uh, ella, law yeah, is ella, con- ella, currently ella. in the under 23 jersey so um yeah I'm, i don't really know much about ella but i'm i'm sure she's definitely an, another name to look out for on that list yeah and uh, jade colligan uh Lydia Rippon and Riley McMullen are names I'll throw in there as well as yeah. potential. Jade had a pretty aggressive race at 
at our last NRS tour. So yeah, she seems to be doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, well, certainly impressive, um, impressive showing there. And she she seems like a good person who's sort of up for this sort of challenge. So it'll be interesting to see what she does there. Okay, um, on to the men's road race now. Uh, Marcus, 154 kilometres. It's not quite the same loop that the women do there, though uh, the men will tackle that on the last go around. There is a sort of out and back um, section which goes a bit towards the south and then does a quick loop around and then comes back along the roads there, um, which does look quite tricky in its own right. It won't just be all the climbing set out towards the end. And to be honest, it reminds me of like an Amstel Gold light which isn't the beer that the Dutch company is now releasing. It's um, a reference towards the race and the number of climbs in it. Uh, there'll be 11 categorised climbs in total, but a few little pinches along the way as well that aren't uh, within that categorisation. Um, what was your characterization of that of that profile there? Yeah, it's probably not a good, uh, sorry, not a bad way of uh, describing it. It is just up and down all day. So at just over 150k, it's uh, on the, the longer end of what uh, the sort of the domestic riders in Australia are used to racing. So I think we'll see a fair bit of um, attrition uh, in this race. Um, so I'm not quite sure what to expect and how it'll turn out, but uh, I'll definitely uh, break away that's going sort of mid late in the race or reduce bunch kick is. Um, is going to be what I'd expect to see. Um, it's a pretty sort of, there's a lot of depth in the field as well. So there's uh, going to be a lot of names to watch out for. There's a few squads that have a fair few numbers as well. So uh, I think all in all, it's a pretty open race. You, you bring up an interesting point there about the breakaway uh, might might decide it because it happened in both of the men's and women's last year. Um, Shannon was part of an early breakaway in the women's and so was um, Sean Lake in the men's. Um, Shannon did have Leeson Hawking's uh, bridge up to her in the in the women's but in the men's it was just Sean who stayed away solo is 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 that really the secret I mean because there, there aren't that many that that many teams who are really able to compete with and bring back a strong breakaway in this race yeah it's um it might even turn into sort of your average NRS race where everyone sort of looks at um ice away sports because they do have quite a few riders here. I think I'll be correct in saying that they're the largest uh, team. So if they get a couple riders up the road, then, um, yeah, I would say that could be a day over for the main field. But if they sort of miss out, then it's going to it's gonna force them to chase. We don't have um, any – I don't think we've got any pro conti or above riders racing this year. Last year there were a couple of sort of draft guys who um, sort of threw a spanner in the works. In, a, in terms of tactics, but um, I don't think it will be an early break. I reckon there will be sort of from about the 100K mark, we'll start seeing moves go. Um, and I think that's where um, that's where uh, the win is going to come from. Yeah, well, it's interesting mentioning that because the under-23 guys are going to be racing alongside the um, the Open the open category. And, you know, you've got some very impressive names there like Lucas Hamilton, Jai Hindley, and Robert Stannard, obviously the other one from the Mitchell and Scott team there. Um, what sort of what sort of impact are they going to have on the race, do you think? Well, it all depends on what sort of form everyone's coming in with. Um, I know there's quite a few people that have had a, a couple of weeks off the bike after they've done the Sun Tour. So you never know uh, where where everyone's going to be at. Yeah, in terms of the Mitchelton Scott guys, do they have a lot of racing coming up in Europe and across Asia, I'm not sure that they do. So 
we might not see them sort of targeting this race. I'm going to go ahead and assume that the the main goal for the the rest of the season for them is going to be the two to eleven years. So definitely on form or even close to it, they're gonna they're gonna impact the race. Um, I I'm going to say Jai Hindley is going to be the the guy who's going to be most suited to this course for them. But it's all going to depend on what sort of form they're in. Uh, I wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be surprised to see one of the domestic riders uh, carrying a bit of uh, a bit more form for no reason at all, really. But uh, that's probably just coming off summer. I imagine they, they, there will be a couple that are sort of not 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 obvious, not obvious, not obvious contenders, but are sort of floating around. Well, yeah, you described yourself as um, in the last podcast as not carrying much, well, as as carrying form for not much particular reason. Um, I, what's the how are the legs feeling at the moment? Uh, yeah, I think um, I'm still got a, I got got a bit of form. I'm not quite gonna back myself for for winning it just yet, but um, I'm reasonably confident I can uh, definitely hang in there for for quite a long time and hopefully be up there towards the finish. But um. It'll be a interesting one. Uh, definitely tactically, um, uh, it could go go a lot of ways. So, um, sort of have to take it as it comes. I think. Yeah, that brings me to a point, um, Louisa. Um, with the odd positioning of the Oceanias, I mean, it's in March. It's not exactly close to too much other racing. I suppose for the women, it's a bit closer to the tours of. Um, Battle of the Border, Mersey Valley, and Great South Coast. But it, it does kind of fall in that sort of middle spot after summer and before the winter racing, really, where I don't know who wants to really be informed for this one. Um, what, what's, your, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, it is a bit of a... Because we do have two months, I think pretty much two months before our next NRS race. And I guess after having quite a, um intense summer racing period, a lot of a lot of the girls want to have a break and definitely coming into nationals, like a lot of the domestic riders put a lot of energy into training for nationals. So, you know, you've, you've been coming from say October or earlier and then nationals and, and all the um, tour down under Cadell's race. Um, yeah. So definitely like a lot of girls are looking for a break after that. And it is, it is, I guess, tricky to carry on that form and, and commitment onto onto March so yeah it depends but I mean some I've, I found that I didn't really have a great January but now I'm feeling a lot better so maybe a lot of girls are kind of um, springboarding off off the January racing and um, are in really good form now but I think it's also hard to tell who will be doing well and who will be not doing well because you can have girls who you expect to do really well now but who might be a bit tired and fatigued and have a poor performance and girls who have not done so well can cannot can come up now so yeah it is it's a it's a weird one <laughs> this this time of year i'll draw your attention to a recent um article which came out during the week which was kate perry um talking about why she won't be there at Oceania's, and she talked about the burnout process during january where she doesn't just cycle i mean obviously she took a great result at national time trial taking third there and then went on to race the uci races as well in australia um, but she also works a lot during the santos tour down under uh, period as well and obviously her work as a coach is is taking up quite a bit of time there also and um she's she spoke about the burnout in that and is that a very real thing for you you know um as you part of your experience as well Louisa? 
Oh, definitely. <laughs> I've had multiple burnouts. <laughs> I think it's uh, definitely uh, like very true for women cyclists because you do in, in Australia, you have to be working um, unless you're supported by your parents pretty much. Like, I mean, no domestic team has any funding. So in, in terms of a wage, so juggling training and, and also work can be quite challenging at times. Um, and especially when the races yeah, may not fit your work program, it can, it can be challenging and you just have to let, let go of some races sometimes to, to make, sac make sac sacrifices and work. And yeah, I mean, it's just the reality of it. And I think some, sometimes you deal with it better than others. And you, I mean, or, and that changes through the year. Like some, some months you'll find it easy and some months will be really tough. And it's just part of the roller coaster experience, I guess. And personally, how have you found that? I mean, obviously you're doing your PhD at the moment. Um, how, how flexible are you finding your own uh, working circumstances at the moment? Um, at the moment, I'm, I'm finding it pretty good. Like I'm, I'm coping pretty well, but I've definitely had periods where I, I've really struggled and I, you know, I stress out that I, I give a lot of, I put a lot of work into cycling and a lot of time goes into my cycling. And then I have a fantastic PhD opportunity, which I'm, I feel like I'm leaving behind sometimes. So I definitely like have periods where I'm, I don't deal with it that well, but I think that's where things like, um, yeah, learning coping mechanisms. Like I find doing yoga and, and other activities really help me cope in those situations. And I think it's really important to also train your mind to get, to kind of get over it, I guess, and, and cope with, with the challenges that you're putting in front of yourself, but just to keep chipping away. <laughs> Well, that's the process in cycling a lot of the time, isn't it? You know, establishing those challenges and then beating them. So, Yeah, and I think a lot of people also forget to that training their mind is as important as training the body. And I think it's really coming up now as, as the next big thing in, in sports in general, like training the mind. So definitely something for athletes to look into and, and stay healthy in, in sports and also definitely after you've finished your sport as well. Well, we've taken a bit of a tangent there from discussing yeah. <laughs> the men's road race, I think. <laughs> Sorry. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get back to that. Um, Marcus, um, what, what sort of names are we looking at here? I'll, I'll note some that I've noted down. Uh, Scott Bowden, um, friend, friend of the podcast, Jesse Feedenby, Ben Hill. Uh, Brenton Jones might do something. Jesse Kerrison, again, if it's, if it's kind of a bit more easy over the course. Uh, Pat Lane, Mark O'Brien. Well, I, I don't know. I'm just saying names here. But Mark O'Brien, what's he even doing on the start list? He's supposed to be DS these these days, isn't he? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, no idea. I guess he still likes riding his bike. It's it's hard to stop, I suppose. Yeah, seeing him at races, he can't get off the bike. He's he's constantly cycling along. When he's not in the car, he's cycling along behind the peloton, zigzagging his way across courses. He he's a, he's he's hasn't lost the bug yet, that's for certain. Mm. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go and tip. Uh, I'm gonna tip Brad Evans for the winner. Actually, uh, the Kiwi. Uh, I think he's just won one of the national series races over in New New Zealand the other weekend. Um, he he can obviously climb pretty well, and he's got a good kick at the end. So um, I think he he will be there at the finish, and he's going to be one of the one of the tougher guys to beat. So um, and then I mess I mentioned Jason Christie for the time trial as well, but I think he's riding quite well. So he's going to be another guy that's up there as well. And 
while I'm at it, I'm just going to mention Joe Cooper. So I've got three New Zealanders towards the top. <laughs> I suppose it's not very patriotic of you there, Marcus. Um, uh, a few, a few no, more names. Not, not at all. Here's here's an interesting one for you, Marcus. What's your take on Michael Rice, um, former search to retain rider? Um, he did a bit for with, with Oliver's as well, and then now he's in Axion Hagen's Bourbon as well. Uh, yeah, look, I don't know a lot about him to be honest. Um, I think he's got a bit of a kick on him. Uh, he was racing at the Tulane Open over last week, and I believe um, I think he, he he wasn't quite there at one of the splits on on day two. So again, um, I'm not sure where his form's going to be at. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to have a. Well, judging by the fact he's still in Australia instead of over in the states with his team, I guess he doesn't have a lot of the. Uh, races that he needs to be on form for so everyone's going to be on the start line sort of just wondering where everyone's at yeah just looking at how skinny everyone else is on the start line and seeing how they go um yeah it should be interesting uh, to have a look at who's going to go for the win there um i can't go past ice away sport here for the win i mean i know it's boring but i i, I can't see um enough of an alliance from the teams to perhaps you know, um, overcome their advantage in terms of numbers and, you know, power in total. So I'll go for a Scott Bowden win, I think. Looks a decent course for him. So I'll back him in for the back him in for the win here, though. Obviously, that comes with... Uh, comes with hasn't a a Scott been for. off the bike with a knee injury? Or am I... Uh, Scott is... Well, he's on the start list. I mean, maybe he's... Been yeah, I think he, I thought he might have had some, some time off uh, from a knee injury. So... Uh... Um, well, oh well. Maybe, maybe maybe you're much better informed than me, Marcus. Who knows? I mean, that's yeah, either I'm that or I'm just making things up. Yeah, and uh, well, I'll, I'll take a secondary pick of Cyrus Monk. Then he's been in good form recently, and he he might be, might be a smoky for the under twenty three time trial as well. Yeah, that's probably not a bad pick. Mm. Oh well, um, well, thanks for thanks for joining us, guys. Um, is there anything particular you're looking forward to from Canberra? I mean, obviously, Louisa, I know you're from Canberra. Is it nice being back in the Nice being back in the old the old haunts. Yeah, it's nice being back in the old hood. <laughs> Be good to go race out in the bush again. And Marcus, I mean, obviously you got caught up at a coffee shop, but you, um, uh, what are you looking forward to um, now you're down in ACT? I'm just looking forward to get into getting back into some proper racing. It's been a while since uh since I've had much on with the I think nationals probably last time. So yeah, just getting back into it, getting into the swing of things and building up for the rest of the season that I'll, I'll have this year. I must say I'm looking forward to continued sponsorship from or um, cycling apparel. And I hope they continue sponsoring us with their uh, range of ecologically sustainable products, which are UV resistant and odor resistant as well. So you can look forward to their stuff coming out later in the year and you can pre-order now by going to their site, which is au. Okay, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, Louisa, hopefully you can keep your winning streak going. Yep, hopefully. <laughs> and, and Marcus, yeah, you've got a decent winning streak as well at the moment, I suppose. Yeah, there we go. Not quite, uh, not quite on the same level though. But um, yeah, <laughs> cheers, guys. It's been awesome. <laughs> okay well thanks thanks. <laughs> thanks for joining us um and all the best in your own riding endeavors and hopefully we'll catch you out at the oceania championships this weekend okay bye thanks jamie bye cheers